Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Welcome to our Community Our Mission. Today is May the 12th, 2020. Here we go. We're in the fifth month of the year. And we're going to talk a little bit today about what it used to be like <laughs> and what it may be like. So, Marion Crable, Director of Supportive Services, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, and Kim, Kim Turley, good morning, Director morning. of our Volunteers Events in the Media. So, do you direct the media? Uh, no. no, you don't direct the media. That's right. <laughs> but you take those calls, yes, which I we're do. grateful for our media partners. We really are. Well, if you have been listening to our community, our mission, you know, we try to give an update and try to talk about what's contemporary and um, just try to stay in the game on a weekly basis, uh, which we have a lot of fun. We get together before we uh, start recording and we start talking about what it's been like, what we're experiencing. And we kind of came to that place today of talking about what's certain, what's not certain. So, Miriam, do you remember January 1st of 2020, <laughs> the new year, yeah, and how differently things felt then? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago, though. It does. It honestly seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Things were relatively just like they had always been before. We just came out of Christmas time. Um, uh, We had come through an incredible, uncertain year in 2019. But we saw the community just come around in such a phenomenal way and support the rescue mission and just be a part of what we what we are about. You know, just just step in there and and just support us and help us in a phenomenal way. Um, We just saw so many wonderful acts of kindness and, and generosity, and we were ready to roll into 2020. Exactly. And we were looking at how are we going to serve the people in a compassionate way. We were looking at all of those Mm -hmm. things. We had strategic plans, right, that we thought were right on target with how we wanted to do business this coming year. Exactly. We'd been praying into it for a number of years. We saw some adjustments being made and we were ready to go. Right. And then, boom, it happened. And we're not really sure what happened yet. It's just, uh, you know, um, Kim, you work with our community and our volunteers and in so many different areas. Um, what was your thought when you first heard about coronavirus and people having to stay at home? And I mean, you, you navigate 1,000, 1,500, 1,600 volunteers a month. And what was the first thing that came to your mind? Oh, no, we have no volunteers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we've talked about before, I was very surprised on who stepped up and those that have stayed and made contact with. Obviously, we have a number that needed to just step down for a little bit just because of age or health reasons, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but there's a number of people that have stepped up that have never volunteered with us before. And it kind of opened our doors in a new way to get a different type of crowd that wanted to come in and volunteer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, just that we depend upon that we're oh just, goodness, we're just yes. we've, we've seen them grow and we've been certain yeah. that they're going to be there. And whenever we need to help people show up and yeah. all of a sudden, wait a minute, maybe that's not going to happen. Yes. Yes. And how will we pick up that work? Right. Right. Because they really are our unpaid staff. True. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise we could never do this work. Exactly. We could never afford to do this work if we didn't have those volunteers. Yeah. So when that was threatened, for <sighs> me, it's like, whoa, how in the world do we do this? How do we even feed people? Yeah. How do we feed them, shelter them? How do we keep them safe? Are right. we all going to die? You know, we, we just didn't know any of those. And, and a lot of the things we don't know yet right. exactly where all this is going. But um, there was a certainty, certainty, <laughs> certainty, <laughs> certainty. <sure. laughs> It was really certain 
I've been having trouble with that word all morning this morning. Maybe because I'm not certain about it. <laughs> That's it. That could be it. Um, but uh, there was a there was a feeling of predictability. There was, even though we live in an uncertain world, anything can happen at any time based upon multiple factors of a fallen, broken world that we live in, mm-hmm. except the Lord. We know we can depend upon him. Um, but now we've come to this place where everything that we've been planning has been changed, and we don't know where it's going. We really don't. We have this, This um, uh, we were talking about, you know, one of the things we may need to do is get some uh, freezers. Um, additional freezers. Well, how easy is it to get freezers? We thought toilet paper was rare, you know, Right. but try to go get a freezer today (laughs) to store some extra food that may come your way. That's a big challenge. Um, Just multiple things that we have always thought were going to be there now aren't necessarily there. And it's not just here. Right. It's a whole wide world right right now. And so, you know, I I think that we're, I know I am, I'm feeling this, this kind of like, wow, when's this going to be over? You know, how much longer, you know, do we have to keep in this mode of emergency preparedness? And the answer is that there is no answer at this point. And there is a, definitely a polarization going on in our, co- in our country right now about the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. Some people say stay in longer, don't open anything um, for a foreseeable future. There's going to be a, an upswing in coronavirus, uh, people infected, more people are going to die. And other people say well, enough's enough. And it's time to go back and, 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 and do whatever we were going to do um, and get back to normal, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a very big challenge. It's a huge challenge, you know. And how do we really look at the possibility, the very real possibility, that it will never be that kind of normal again? Mm. It'll be a new normal, right? And can we move forward thinking that way? Can we open things thinking about a new normal, not going back to what it was, because we might be living with COVID for months and months and months and months and staying in, not not frequenting the places that we go, whether it's shops or restaurants, doesn't seem realistic if we ever want them there. Um, and so maybe it's not ever about thinking about, let's have it be normal again. It'll just be new and different and... Well, and- that the normal, doing like air quotation marks that we had before, I mean, in retrospect, it really wasn't working for everyone. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this has brought so many people together. Like we've talked about the community and everything and like neighbors talking. And we've talked to our neighbors more probably because of our son just yelling at him all the time. But we've talked to our neighbors more so than we've ever talked to him before. Sure. And it just brings your family and stuff, even though you're not supposed to hang out, but you're having these Zoom calls and just people are connecting in a way they've never connected before. Right. They're creating different kind of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that's very obvious is that there is a system that had been developing for years and years and years. And that system has been interrupted, whether it's getting certain supplies of personal hygiene or whether it's getting um, a freezer or you guys were trying to buy a bicycle the other day and everybody's wanting to be outside, can't even buy a bicycle right now because there's a shortage of bicycles um, or on the, some bigger areas of food and you know potential resources. All of this has been really networked over decades globally. The global system has been interrupted. The national system has been interrupted. And so what does that leave us in regards to what we do here at the rescue mission? People are still hungry. People are still homeless. People are still desperate. They're still broken. They're still scared. They're still depending on us 
And so who is us now? Yeah, isn't that a great question? Like, I think that that perspective of who is my neighbor mm-hmm. has taken on a whole different view, mm-hmm. you know, and to recognize that we are the only family that folks who come to us might have mm-hmm. is, is a heavy thought, mm-hmm. is a really heavy thought, because then how does it make us react? Mm-hmm. How do we treat folks? How do we welcome them? How do we care for them? Mm-hmm. And what is my responsibility? What is my responsibility as somebody who works at TRM, but somebody who also follows Jesus? What, it, what is my responsibility for all of these neighbors, all of these folks who need us, need me, mm-hmm. right? Making it personal for me versus just being very inwardly focused mm-hmm. um, and saying, okay, well, I'm going to get mine and I'm going to make sure I have what I need. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe not. How, how do we... How do I, how do we share and think of others around us and what our responsibility is? What, what have we been called to do? Well, you talk about the family. Um, um, you're so right. Uh, individuals who come to us, oftentimes they are disenfranchised from family, mm-hmm. haven't seen their family for a long time. Maybe their family's all gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've never known truly what a healthy family is. Um, I'm rolling the clock back here a few years, but when I first started the mission and I turned 30 years old, I had a man that um, was staying here and and I'd become a friend of his, and he had served in the Korean War. Hmm. So he was old enough to be my father. And um, he uh, uh, had come back as a POW from Korea, and when he arrived in uh, his home, Uh, here in Kansas, his uh, father, um, who was an alcoholic, kicked him out of the house and called him a traitor and a coward because his older brother had died in Korea, and he figured that uh, the only way that John could have survived is if he would have sold his soul to the enemy. So he was excited to get back home, freed from a, a, a prison camp, walked into his a place in Council Grove, and um, his dad kicked him out of the house. And so the first thing he did is he turned around as a young man and went to the bar and spent the next decades of his life being an alcoholic and a drug addict, ended up in dumpsters, multiple different relationships, tried to hold down jobs, but was so substance abused, uh, addicted, that his life was in shambles and ended up at the Topeka Rescue Mission. And we became friends, and... Um, he came to me one day and he says, I have a question for you. He said, would you mind if I called you dad? And I said, what? <laughs> he said, um, you're like a dad to me. Now, here's a man who is old enough to be my dad who wants to know if he can call me dad. And I thought, well, that's not appropriate. <laughs> I need to help this guy understand that, that that's a crazy question. And then all of a sudden I felt like the, the Lord just spoke to me and said, yeah, it's okay. And I said, John? You can call me dad. And he's called me dad for for years. And he grew. And matter of fact, John grew. He got married again. And he uh, became a Sunday school teacher in one of our churches here in town. And he was uh, uh, a big um, advocate of, of youth in our community and won several awards. Um, mm. But here was this man who, again, was uh, significantly older than me. and and uh, But yet he had a hunger for family. Yes. And, and I see this so many times of volunteers, Kim, uh, and, and people who help us out uh, 
that come to us, uh, whether they give financially, resource-wise, or actually spend time, is they become that person for Mm -hmm. the person who comes through our doors that they never had in their life, whether it be a staff member, a volunteer, or homeless to homeless people. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we have to guide some of those directions and make sure it's healthy and those kind of things and Mm -hmm. and be ready to think outside the box. And so how uncertain was John's life? Um, about not knowing where he's going to go and finally ends up at a place where he felt accepted, he felt secure, and he had a need to make sure that he was part of a family. Mm-hmm. And the best way he knew how to do it is find a guy who's a kid <laughs> at that time and say, can you be my dad? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> That is heart-wrenching to mm-hmm. me um, and beautiful all at the same time, right? Yeah. But, wow, when you think about the seeking that's going on there. That mm-hmm. is just, oh, my goodness. I mean, there are no words that I can use to adequately express how that makes my my heart feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't get there by feeding people who are hungry or sheltering people who are homeless mm-hmm. and just processing them. You have to be in a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, these systems that are changing now um, uh, that we've become dependent upon, uh, we think we've become dependent upon them, mm-hmm are changing rapidly, uh, but nothing replaces the local. Right. Nothing replaces the personal. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. replaces the relational. And, uh, you know, we, we do have some issues where it's getting harder to find meat right now. But yet a Facebook um, started up, and uh, you guys are on Facebook, I'm not. So <laughs> t- t- tell us about this Facebook thing that just blew up. Well, it's a page called Shop Kansas Farms, right, mm-hmm. that a guy just – started, right? Because he knew that there were challenges in getting meat and getting produce. And he knew folks that grew stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So he just started this page 18 days ago, 18 days ago, and has 66,000 plus followers now, right? Where people are just coming together to say, I have a need for this. Who has this? Mm -hmm. Or somebody saying, you know, I saw a post last night that was a thousand chickens that they've got that they need to get into different homes or else they're going to have to euthanize them, you know. And so mm-hmm. people are then saying, well, I could take 20. I could take X, Y, or Z, right? Community. So it's community. Mm-hmm. And it's community around this common desire to help others mm-hmm. while also being helped, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. know that things are healthy and this is not a national Facebook post, right? No. It's, it's local. It's Kansas. It's Kansas. It's Shop Kansas Farms. Shop Kansas Farms. Yeah. You know, that, that that's really what we're talking about here. Right. What is the new normal? You know, we I, I sit around and I wait for somebody, an unknown mysterious person to drive a truck up to one of our grocery stores and put something out on the on the on the counter there and I go buy it and I don't even think twice about who who made it, where did it come from, mm-hmm. you know, or even more than that, I drive through a drive through at a restaurant and they've already cooked it for me. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. and, and right. I but maybe that's not going to be the way it's going to necessarily be for a while. Right. Again. Right. And what does that mean? You know, if you know where the things you're buying are produced, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to things from the ground or things from the earth or, you know, livestock and things like that, it gives you kind of a different perspective mm-hmm. on the world and caring for God's creation and how to really be supportive of those folks that provide what we get at the drive-thru, mm-hmm. right? Or in any restaurant to really come back to that connection. So Barry, I think you're right on target when you say it really is all about relationship. Mm-hmm. And during this time when we're wearing these masks and feeling like it's hard to connect 
we're feeling uncertain mm-hmm. whether we mm-hmm. should connect. Mm-hmm. What does connection even mean? To see that kind of thing going on on Facebook that is building relationship mm-hmm. in a little bit different way is encouraging to me. It, it takes away some of that anxiety of what all of us who are relational people mm-hmm. might be feeling when mm-hmm. we're really just looking at people's eyes or avoiding people's eyes. Yes. You know, Kim, I think you talked about that people aren't making eye contact mm-hmm. anymore because we're all just, I don't know what we are. Are we nervous? Are we afraid? Are we just distracted? But something is going on mm-hmm. and we're not feeling that person-to-person connection. Yeah. You know, and it's a, we have to take a risk um, to be relational from the get-go mm-hmm. um, because of all kinds of issues we may not know necessarily trust the person because of trust issues in our life or whatever. When it was normal, now it's even more stressed out. Uh, Yesterday, um, out on the streets, um, we have the Street Reach program that goes out and works with other agencies like Vallejo. And and, um, our Street Reach director was giving me a report yesterday about how this one gal who had actually come out of the hospital and had actually been um, uh, stabbed, um, and she's doing okay and she's living outside right now, was, was met with some supplies. And she was so grateful to see the Street Reach team that she went up and gave one of the guys a big old hug and just hugged on him. Well, who does that anymore? And so, you know, she got to hug back and everything. And, of course, the the next thing was, okay, how are we going to disinfect our whole body here, you know, just in case we got coronavirus? There has to be some risk here. But she was so hungry for somebody uh, that she hadn't seen, that she had a relationship with, that she trusted in the past to be able to come and, and see her again mm-hmm. and couldn't go see her while she was in the hospital because yeah. you just couldn't get in. Right. But she came back to the street and her relationship uh, and the people that she depended upon. You know, we, 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 we depend upon you, the listener, to be able to be there to help us to do what God has called us to do. Um, whether you give financially or materially um, or you volunteer um, or you pray or you do all the above, um, you're the kind of folks that can help a guy like John come along and take a risk and say, can I call you dad? Or for somebody who had just come out of the hospital who had had a knife wound, who is living outside, who has a multitude of mental health challenges, see the Street Reach team come and have joy right. in her heart. Right. And the hundreds of people that we're helping out, whether they're driving through the food line today to get a food basket or whether they are staying in the shelter tonight or getting a sack dinner on the outside or whatever it is, it is all about community. Mm-hmm. And uh, the exciting thing about the future of what we're doing as a community is that the Topeka Rescue Mission and what we've been doing has all been about God and you. Mm-hmm. It's been about God and local people helping out. Mm-hmm. It's not been a big, big pack- package here. It's been a lot of individuals who have helped us to do what we do. Right. And the future of certainty or uncertainty is going to depend upon us taking a risk and trusting God mm-hmm. to be guiding us through these uncertain times ahead. Yeah. The only thing that's uncertain about these times ahead are what we don't know. Mm-hmm. But what do we know? Mm-hmm. We know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Our God is an unfailing God who loves us immensely, and he's got a plan in the midst of all of this that he can help us be who we need to be, and he will always be for us who he said he would be. Yes. And so, any last words? 
No, I, I don't know that it could get better than what you just said. Well, that's so nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you are um, discouraged today, it's totally understandable. If you are scared today, it's totally understandable. But know this, that God keeps his promises. He is faithful, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is walking with you and us, and he's just calling us to walk together. That's what our community, our mission is about. Thank you for being a supporter of the Topeka Rescue Mission. If you'd like more information about us, you can go to our website at trmonline.org. You can also learn how to help us there. If you'd like to give with your mobile device, you can text TRMGIVE to 77977. TRMGIVE to 77977. Thank you for joining us again this week on Our Community, Our Mission.